Welcome to the December 18th edition of One Nation Radio here on Lords of Cain. I am your host, Rich Latta, of course, with my co-host here, James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? I'm doing all right, you know, but uh, I, I'm in a bad, I'm kind of in bad shape because I like, I gotta, I, like my knee's sore, like my knee's been sore. It, it happened like three years ago, but it keeps popping up. I don't know, like. Maybe I should go to a doctor or something. I don't know. Yeah, man. What do you think? You definitely shouldn't do any um, dives or anything or um, top rope moves, uh, like run up turnbuckles and um, try to have a wrestling match after. What about running power bombs? X no? that out. Do you know? Get rid of that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, uh, welcome to One Nation Radio. Of course, uh, we are back with your Raw and SmackDown TV reviews, but it was a pay-per-view week. Um, if you're looking for a full review, uh, James and I, as, as well as Jeremy Donovan from the Keeping It Strong Style podcast, uh, went over TLC, immediate reaction. Uh, but for the audience here, if you guys didn't hear that, James, what did you think about TLC? I thought it was a two thumbs up show, um, and I thought that we got two classics and another great match. And I really like the layout of the card, to where um, the important stuff is at the end of the card, and there's no room for palate cleansers. And if you don't bring it, then that's your own damn fault. You should have brought it. Yeah, um, I'm I'm right there with you. Like Brian and Styles was incredible. Um, the women's match I thought was great as well. Rounds and Ambrose. It has, we've we talked about it for weeks and weeks on this show. We hoped that they would save it in the ring. Unfortunately, that was not the case. It was just a regular TV match that ended up getting this is boring chance. And I believe we've talked about the concept of the really boring 20 minute three star match. That's what this was. Standard definition. Like, it's real yeah. easy to watch a 10 minute three star match, but when you watch a 20 minute three star match, Chances are there's like a lot of dragging, chin locks, rest holds, and these guys, when they came into the match, when they started with the lockup, it just lost me right away. Yeah. Yep. You like, you know, all of the all of the beat downs, all of the, you know, all of the, the turn, of course, where he, he, he screwed you over and beat you down then. You're betrayed, like the no explanation for what for the betrayal. The, the, you know, Roman, the Roman leukemia and this karmic justice and God is punishing him stuff and the gas mask inoculations and the prop comedy shit like, well, you said it last week, but chickens came home to roost. <laughs> so, yeah, they, like, got, I, they I, got there and the I, crowd just didn't care. Yeah, like it's one of it's one of the more it's one of the more disappointing like mat, pay-per-view matches I can recall for me personally where it's like you know it, we you know it's the the build up for wasn't even good but it's like it it's Seth and it's Dean. You know what their track record is, right? Like they're going to have a good match. Like they do that in their sleep and then they went out there and they just had a they had a a well-worked professional wrestling match that like sucks, uh, like it, which didn't match the story they were trying to convey. And also like the psychology of Dean or sorry, with Seth and his knee just it's I'm, I'm over it. So, you know, 
yeah, it is what it is. I think folks are figuring out, uh, and James mentioned this months ago. Um, I, we're they're figuring out Rollins matches uh, at this point, and he needs to like try something else. Like, don't go away from the what made you, but you gotta like, you know. I'm not going to tell Seth Rollins how to wrestle or anything, but look at the results. Like, look at the adjective. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like people are people are getting it. Like, you know, you gotta you gotta switch it up. You got you gotta either add something, structure it different, start the match with the Falcon Arrow, do something. Like, I don't I don't know what you got to do, but uh, we know where this guy is headed, and he can't afford any like slip-ups or anything because he was never the person that they wanted really to even get that run that he should have probably already gotten so him going back heading into wrestlemania season this year it's like he's going for something that he should have had going into summerslam this year so he's like you know how that is with with wwe like they'll, they'll look for any reason not to like if you're not like roman reigns or you're not like Brock, like, don't look for any reason to kneecap you. So, you can't be, be fucking this up, Seth. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I I just feel like I saw, it, I, like, ultimately a, a show that I gave two thumbs up and, like, we were merely harping on, like, the like the only bad big match. Right? Like, um, like where do you like where do you want to go from there? Like do you want do you want to go straight to to the um, the main event or do you want to talk about Brian and AJ or when you talk about the Ronda the Ronda thing? I'll start with Brian and AJ. Like I think okay. if you want to talk about storytelling and doing something the right way and and not wrestling like in a popular style like Brian and Styles, they didn't do a million near falls. They nope. went and traded submissions. They added the drama, the striking. And they did a clean finish after teasing the bullshit. Like, this was just perfect on, like, every level. Like, I, I couldn't have been yeah. more happy watching the match. I was I was watching it intently, just like, you know, with this whole damn Brian thing, like I said, I'm never going to co-sign it or anything like that, but I was happy to see this match go down so well. Yeah, I, I have um, similar sentiments. I'm a little more, um, a little more into, or not a little more. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more into the uh, the hill turn than you are because it's more like, I see it as, you know, it was our, they've already screwed it. So what, what are they going to do? Try and fix it? Like they only make it worse. So, <laughs> um, so for me, I, I was more into it. And I, he's actually doing really good work. Like I, I, you know, I think that he's probably um, earned himself a spot for um, candidacy into um, or for uh promo of the year for the main roster but um anyway yeah that great match back and forth hitting each other hard as hell because like you know it just it's just something about like aj styles in a match with like somebody that like he has he's he's like met like before wwe like he's worked on the indies or worked or been around them or whatever else where it seems like he's been perfectly okay with teeing off and like getting hit hard and, and hitting that other person hard as well. It's, it's kind of similar to the, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the uh, like the, the, the uh, Sami Zayn Kevin Owens thing where he's like, okay, they'll hit each other hard, it's fine, they don't care. And also, they're not worried about like protecting each other because they know. Also, with AJ, this match with Daniel Bryan was what we wanted like the Nakamura matches to be, and to a lesser extent, yeah. the Samoa Joe matches, which were good but never got to that great level. 
This was great. I think that they've had great matches. They never got to the classic status. Yeah. Um, and then the main event, of course, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Asuka go out there and beat the shit out of each other with tables, ladders, and chairs. Ronda comes out uh, doing her walk <clears throat> and has the face on and you know screws them out of the belt. And Asuka walks away with the belt. Um, it was it was violent. It was a match of the year candidate. It was pretty much what inspired my Charlotte column, which is on uh, the column section of Lords of Pain. Um, Becky felt like the most over person in the building walking in. Oscar leaves with the belt. Looks like the rehabilitation is complete. Let's not forget, like if anybody tries to slap your head and tell you what they did with Oscar this year was good. Um, make them explain the eight months between WrestleMania and today. Um, so, so let's not forget that, but I'm happy to see Asuka finally, you know, reach that mountaintop. I worry about her getting overshadowed a little bit as the champion, but, uh, I, I don't, I feel like Charlotte and Becky might have bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was more okay with this, uh, like great match, like, just like you said, match your contender, like, um, it's a, I think I think it's the I think it's the second or third best match of the year. Um, for me, or it's top three. It's top three. It's in it's in a tier of top three. So, for, but anyway, for me, I now what knowing what I know now now that they've done this whole thing with like they're getting rid of rematch clauses and everything else. Like I'm a little bit on it. I'm a little bit like. Mm, let's see how, what what they're gonna do with all of this stuff um, going into Royal Rumble. Like, there's intrigue, but I'm also like, I'm also just like, uh, I, I feel like they're gonna screw this up. But we'll see. I, I, you know, I feel that way. But my, but I, but I'll, I, I will. I'm not gonna get into that until it happens. It right? seems or like it WWE has but, like forced it now to where it's like. The only thing that you can think of is a three-way now, and that's not what people wanted. But they've they've put Charlotte in like so heavily into this now, where Rousey's coming to get her revenge on her and screwing not only Becky but her. It's like Charlotte's the baggage that we have to carry along with this. But you know that's not to be disparaging to Charlotte or anything. But it's just like we didn't ask for this. Like, it's, it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Thank you. You, you brought me like, like, look, she, you brought me dinner like and I already, sister. yeah, you, you brought me dinner and I already got the pizza. Great. Great. Not, not, not even that. It's like, let, get, get, imagine if Batista did not win the rumble, Daniel Bryan won the rumble. Mm-hmm. And then like Bryan, and then Batista still somehow ends up in the, in that WrestleMania 30 match. It's like, like, Great, you're going to contribute to a great match, an all to an all time great match, but you know, on the grand stage of them all. But like, you kind of feel like you're just thrown in just to be thrown in because you're Batista, just like like you're Charlotte. So we just throw you in here, um, like that's you know, like I, I remember they were talking about like WrestleMania uh, 15, how um, like. Everybody or people were trying to throw Mick Foley into into that match, and it's like it wasn't necessary, so they left it out. But like now, it's like, well, we 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 pushed Charlotte for for so long, it's like it almost feels like 
wrong in their minds for them to have anything other than the first ever match at the SMA event for women at a WrestleMania that like she's not in it. And like I get that, but like that's not the hottest thing going. That's not the story. Like I, I don't know. Whatever. That's anyway, but great match. And then I guess and Rhonda Rhonda had another really good match with with, with um Naya. So um that's like it's 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 really weird like um that somebody that is after watching this match I'm I'm pretty much convinced that, like everybody in the main roster like when they when they go before like, however they get there whatever the traveling schedule is like they need to all go to performance center and practice their matches before they end up going to pay-per-view like that's where I'm at now between NXTs and these Ronda matches that's where I'm at now there's no reason, given the amount of money they're making, there's no reason why they shouldn't fly. And every single person is going to be under card, and then they go through their matches and practice them the same way they do with the, for people at a former center. Because Ronda's, Ronda hasn't caught a brick yet. Like she's had matches that I haven't been exactly, uh, I haven't been in love with, or matches I thought were necessarily good, like the Alexa matches. But I thought them should like no, she's never had no disaster for giving somebody as green as and, and as inexperienced as she is. So like not on pay per view. Maybe, just maybe her, her, like her, her, we, you know we get Elias and we get his ass down there and um, maybe he actually has matches worth a damn for once on pay per view. Yeah, if he ever is on pay per view. Yeah, her pay per view matches like I, I think you gotta you throw the Alexa matches in the bin. Um, and you know her TV matches are far different from the pay per view ones. But exactly. Um. Yeah, with her and Nia Jax, I th- I think they outdid their last match and that was like. A, like she's been a revelation on pay-per-view like for what yeah. she's you know asked to do essentially it's not the fanciest thing in the world but it always looks physical and i think that's like what you can ask for at this stage um i am yeah. interested to see her with the better wrestlers like seeing how she adopts with that but uh her and charlotte was just fine on five days um so i'm i'm really surprised like and i you know at the last minute i bumped her into our wrestler of the year candidates i mean she's a fringe contender um i think the fact that she her lack of um her talking is going worth to the damn on tv like yes. hurts her <laughs> yeah and I, and her promo and her promo her wonky promos also hurt her at times um but but like as far as just like big matches like yeah she's one of the best big match uh, performers we've had um this year absolutely um, chairs match, Mysterio and Norton, kind of just a match. Um, you, uh, oh, we, we, we talked about the big four matches. Like, is it really, do we really need to go over any of these matches other than say, like, you know, it, none, it, none of, nothing was especially terrible. And like a lot of these matches had like, um, pleasant, pleasant, um, finishes. So like the, Good the, so, so the show actually like gave you like a positive vibe and then gave you the final four matches. Is there anything else to say other than that, really? Um, I, I'm happy to see Natty whoop the wise, Riot Squad by herself. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. But yeah, man. Um, let's get into Monday Night Raw. Um, so it was obviously the news broke over the weekend that Vince McMahon would be coming back to Monday Night Raw to shake things up, whatever that meant. Um, and this whole thing, like, you know, it became like a... I didn't know what was happening. Like it was <laughs> so, um, so we were in Sacramento, California, home of the Sacramento Queens. Um, 
and Vince McMahon was out to cheers. <sighs> I'll never understand it. These people, um, I guess, just different people that go to, that, that showed up to the shows. It's Pavlovian. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to hear any boos, and then the crowd boos, of course. He was like, y'all want to know what's going on with Monday Night Raw? Monday Night Raw has been on for 25 years, and we changed with the times when we need to change with the times. Despite one man's brilliance and creativity, one man's vision, I, he can't do it himself anymore. And then he tells it, I can do it without the fans, though. Uh, with that in mind, Stephanie's god-awful music hits. Gray's brought up Cardi B and Offset, and I was just like, stop. Um, crowd booed Seth. Vince said to be nice, and all of a sudden, Triple H's music hits. Monster babyface reaction. He hasn't been seen since Crown Jewel. And um, <laughs> so uh, I immediately thought, wow, we're changing the times uh, with the McMahon-Helmsley era, apparently. So... Yeah. Um, Shane McMahon was out, so it was four members of the family, so I immediately was like, are we getting a McMahon in every corner again? Like, where is Linda? Oh my like, god. <laughs> so, Steph gets on the mic and says, we haven't been doing a good job lately, and we haven't been listening to our audience. All that's gonna change tonight, it's a fresh start, and that was the first time I heard fresh start about 75 times between, uh, Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, she said the days of absentee management are over. We're taking back Monday Night Raw. This is so stupid. Stephanie McMahon was the commissioner the entire time. Who does not know who's really running the show? Who are they taking it back from, James? Well, you gotta remember. Did they Rich, sell? This isn't this? Gotta remember, Rich. This isn't a wrestling show. This is a wrestling, or this is a show about a wrestling federation. This is insulting so, as fuck. Huh? This is insulting. This is insulting as fuck. When she's literally the commissioner, who are you taking it back I, I, from? An underling? I know, I know that, and that's my point. Like, remember, the show isn't actually a wrestling show. It is a show about about a wrestling promotion in the inner politics of the McMahon's and like uh, people like Heyman come in and they're an agent or a, or a liaison for the or intermediary between the top star who decides to show what he wants to. And it's smart to all of us because he doesn't, he told us earlier this year, that he doesn't even watch the show. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the top baby face now in the company saying that the show sucks because this guy is a bad booker. And that's what they've always done with these GMs is, they use these GMs as they're either incompetent baby faces, except for Paige, apparently, that they're either incompetent baby faces or they're just evil. And that's the reason why the show sucks, because somebody's either in, in well um, over their depth or they're just evil and they're trying to screw people and hold grudges. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like Shane or Stephanie and Hunter and Vince have baby faced themselves again. Um, for now, until it's time to do an, until it's time to do an authority versus whatever baby face you want to push next and be the top star eventually, um, and rub up against, um, and that's where we are now. So we'll see how long this lasts. 
So Shane gets on the mic and he says that goes for SmackDown Live as well. I don't know why Shane wants to fix anything about SmackDown. And, and this is just more of them trying to lump SmackDown in with Raw's problems. No, this is Monday Night Raw that is terrible. So as James Absolutely. mentioned, there's no more Paige. There was nothing wrong with Paige. She was doing just fine. Um, Stephanie said she's going to empower. Our, they're going to empower our superstars, which looks absolutely ridiculous. What happened later in the show? Um, Triple H said we're going to give you what you want. Y'all going to see new faces, new matchups, new superstars. No motherfucker, we want Vince gone. Um, Corbin was out. Big booze. Uh, he said no one is more excited for a fresh start than him. Uh, Steph said Baron. They're saying boo, and of course Stephanie has experience with recognizing boos. Um, he said he was excited that the man McMahon's are running raw, but his match last night wasn't fair, and we need to talk uh, and have a conversation. No, 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 I have to stop you right now. I have to stop you right now because you're not stopping and starting because you're not good, strong enough prone to be able to talk over boos and loud crowds. Like, 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 nah, you're not doing it right. You're not giving the proper justice. You have to stop and start like five times until Triple H has to tell you your has to has to say it. Your lines for you because he's actually on the ball doing your fucking job. So I, go ahead. I, I think my thing froze, so I missed all that. <laughs> oh my god, I just want to throw while you guys it. <laughs> so uh, he said, "This is a small group referring to Sacramento, and this is not how it you know everywhere else feels." They did a bunch of cheap heat boo gimmicks for Corbin when they came back well, from. Wait, 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 wait. So. You're off to a good start explaining what he was saying, but like I think for be more realistic, you have to keep stopping and starting because you're not a strong enough promo to be able to carry through and, and talk over a loud crowd and also forget what you're supposed to say. So Triple H has to literally do your job for you and remember his li- remember your lines and then repeat them because they'll listen to they'll they'll be quiet enough for Triple H to get through it and then continue and boop past to the angle. So go ahead, like stop and start more. You need to stop and start more. So, um, Stephanie called Vince Hart at hearing after that and told the crowd to kind of, you know, uh, take it back. Um, uh, someone said, I think Corbin said, it's not my fault. They don't respond to my motivation. Um, Braun wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't prepared. And he asked the crowd if, uh, he thought it was fair and they got yes chance essentially. So Daniel Bryan lives, um, Triple H said, you're predictable. You're going to say it's unfair, and you like to consider you for the GM. Corbin was like, I would have beat them all. Uh, he named all the armed geeks that came out there and whooped them last night. Stephanie says there's no chance in hell, and the McMahons huddled, and Vince said there might be a way. Triple H said, Corbin maybe deserves a chance, and all he has to do is beat this man, and then Kurt Angle's music hit. So just 15 minutes after Vince says he changes with the times, Kurt Angle, who debuted in WWE in 1999, was out to hobble around the wrestling ring. So we got Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Uh, All Kurt Angle got left is uh, German suplexes, y'all. Like, that's it. This match was nothing. Um, It just went on. Triple H came back out in the middle of it. He uh, forgot to mention it was a handicap match. Uh, then all of a sudden, Rude, Gable, and Cruz were out to whoop Corbin's ass. Gang beat down on Corbin outside the ring. More German suplexes. Uh, four-on-one tag shenanigans. More ass whoopings. Then Shane came out and said it's a no-DQ match. And then even Heath Slater stomps Corbin out. So, uh, Renee says we get to cheer for who we want and boo who we don't. We've already been doing that, Renee. Um <laughs> This was <laughs> Reneeisms. <laughs> this this was an ass woman of uh, glorious proportions. Like Bobby or Baron Corbin on back to back nights, 
incredible, incredible ass whoopings he took. So, uh, James, when you were watching this, what was on your mind? <laughs> oh, you know, oh, you know, I can't say that on air. But um, ah. I, what I will say is that uh, what I will say is that uh, Baron Corbin is, you know, should we should we add him to Wrestler of the Year considering he just had back to back in back to back nights five star matches? I mean, we we had to leave it to the people. If we should add Baron Corbin in, if you thought Baron Corbin gave five star performances from TLC to Monday Night Raw, tweet James. You know, because <laughs> I because. Cause I, cause I think he caught two. Cause I think he caught two, caught two five star level ass whoopings. And you know, congratulations. So um, <clears throat> they went over to Muhammad Ali Legacy Award uh, for John Cena's uh, real life charitable efforts. Uh, this is a huge deal for a professional wrestler to get recognized by something like Sports Illustrated because, like, it's kind of like legitimizing, like you know, this fake thing. Essentially, so Cena's been like a godsend for the concept of Make a Wish. Um, we had Balor versus Ziggler. Oh, hold on, hold on. Where you go? You move on. after I say this, you can move on. Print is dead. Go ahead. Who? I said print is dead. Go ahead. Wow. Um. So after that, uh. Finn Balor and Ziggler, uh, Dolph immediately went into some chin locks, uh, and there were two arm drags uh, from Balor. Ziggler and Balor just started having a match after that, and Cole mentioned something about a new era, so we're back to post-WrestleMania 32 again. Uh, Drew came out, and Dolph jumped off him on the apron. Balor hit him both with the tope. Got back in. Uh, Ziggler clubbed this guy. Hit a famous server two. Then McIntyre beat the fuck out of both of these small dudes. He hit about 75 right hands to Ziggler. Clay him, and then Balor met the same fate outside the ring. Um, after that, they cut to Dean Ambrose backstage with a big-ass coat with no shirt on and baby oil all over his body. And he walked out with the IC belt. Ambrose was out with the gas mask dudes. Renee said that he looks good with the belt. So Graves says, listen, Renee, there had to be a celebration in the Ambrose household, and Renee said she would not tell Graves about it. Graves out here trying to um, get inside information. So Dean was out. He said, the more things change, they say the same. You people should be showing me respect. You discussing vermin should be bowing down. Everything I said would happen, happened. Uh, Seth Rollins spun out of control. He dropped the ball. He choked and failed and failed all us people. He said he didn't need respect because he held up that secondary uh, championship. Um, <laughs> he has this secondary championship. Uh, remember, Seth had two titles, and now he has none. He took the most important thing in his life, and when he's done, Seth Rollins will have nothing left. James, is he going to rob him? I don't know. Uh, but it's interesting they said, like, I took everything from him when it's like, you know... You could have done that like months ago when Corbin gave you the opportunity to challenge for the IC belt, and then you stupidly decided no. I'd rather I'd rather piss off the commissioner and then get booked into a match and go one on one with Braun Strowman. So there you uh, go. He said he's going to put Rollins' career in the gutter where it belongs, and as the moral compass of WWE, he's obligated to do the right thing. Told Seth to be a man of character and integrity, and come tell the world that he was right. Seth doesn't come out. Um, and he said, well, forget it. How about an open challenge? Not for the belt, but just come and fight me. And then Seth Rollins, like us people, are selfish little whiners, and Rollins can't show his face. Uh, he said, since none of that work, he doesn't have the guts. Now we are going to have an IC open challenge for anyone not named Seth Rollins. So, 
Look, everyone, it's Tyler. Tyler Breeze was out, fresh off of the, his um, appearance on NXT, where he answered Nobman's challenge against Ricochet and felt like a superstar. He couldn't feel more like a guy when he showed up here. Um, they didn't really give him his full entrance. They didn't cut the lights. He just they just said, "Get your ass out there," essentially. So, so do you think that if he got the full the full gimmick, that like he would have got over? Try it. <laughs> is that a yes or no question? Is is that a yes or a no? It's a, it's a it's in the middle, you know. They in the middle. They they, they okay. they've already I, I they've it. already I taken. You don't really want to answer the question. I got you. Move, you can move on. They've, they've already taken three years of this guy's career from him and done nothing with him. So <laughs> like. right. But my point is, he's still right, and that's my point. It's like they killed him dead. Like Vince saw that dude backstage when they brought him up and was like, oh. <laughs> Smaller Ziggler? Hell no. Not a chance in hell. So, uh, so that's where we are. So it was back and forth action. Uh, they went to a commercial. Dean went to a sleeper hold. Crowd was quiet at this point. Tyler popped up and then he slammed him back down again for a chin lock and laid on the ground for at least 30 seconds. Uh, Breeze pretty much uh, essentially got a comeback. Hit him with an enziguri. Her Karana beauty shot. Didn't go for the pin. Crossbody, super kick for two. All these, he got like five moves in a row to, to kind of show his move set, and then he got hit with the dirty deeds and got pinned immediately. Um, it was like that one string of moves and and take your L. And yeah. Dean was like, uh, he's like that promo or that was a promo of character and integrity. And then Seth Rollins was in the gas mask, uh, and uh, basically he he unmasked. And you know during this match, uh, they were kind of you know, focusing on these guys a little bit too much. I think they kind of gave it away that Rollins was one of the mass guys. Um, so Rollins beat up the rest of the geeks and he was more intense here than he was in the entire match at TLC. So Charlie has well, shame. Uh, hopefully he's, hopefully that means he's like learning his lesson, learning from lessons and then moving forward. So good for him. <laughs> So, um, Charlie asked Shane, what does all this shit mean? He was like, new superstars will be seen. And then Drake Maverick walks up and introduces himself and the AOP to Shane. So, he asks for his mandatory rematch um, clause for AOP. Shane says the rematch clause is antiquated and they're getting rid of it. And I'm like, out of all the things that are antiquated, rematch clauses are very low on the list because it makes sense most of the time. If we're talking yeah, especially about antiquated, the book because they always want to find a way to, they always want to find a cheap out as opposed to beating anybody. So then they just automatically rematches because like, oh, we turned, we changed the title, but somebody got dick kicked, or somebody got, somebody got poked in the eye, or somebody jumped up on the apron, or somebody uh, threw a gimmick in the ring and uh, someone hit somebody else with it. So it's controversial finish. Now, if that's the way they all roll, like. They're going to have a hard time. If they're going to continue booking the way they've been booking, where 50-50 booking, they're going to have a hard time, especially in some of these divisions with um, with when there's not as much star power. Like in the women's divisions or the tag divisions, they're going to have a hard time trying to build new contenders if they're going to just say, you get no automatic rematch. Well, Ronda ain't never going to lose, so they ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ronda and whoever she going to beat this month. So... Um, I don't know. Speaking of Shane, though, speaking of Shane, so remember when Shane was out here threatening people on, on SmackDown Live about about losing the World Cup? Yes. 
because he couldn't bear to see Stephanie gloat that someone on Raw won the, the World Cup and was best in the world. Remember when like Shane? Remember when Shane was like fighting for the past three years against um against Raw and you know having people from the roster on SmackDown show up and beat up employees on Raw uh, the past two years for under siege and shit. I remember that. Like he just he just shows up like three weeks later and is like, "What's going on, y'all? It's all good, right? Yeah, I'm here to help you now." It's amazing. It's it's amazing. Um, they this whole thing like Vince looked really. I I didn't really touch too much into it. Vince looked really old. He has no idea what the real problem with his shows are. Um, it sounded like well, a bunch of nothing. Like they booked him to come out there, and he was like, uh, he had he basically didn't. He knew the uh, he had answers, but he didn't have the actual problem like so he was answering no, 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 no. he was answering questions that weren't being asked no no he came out there and that, and that was a good old press conference yeah Just like foolishness we're, we're where there's problems we're going to try to fix them we're going to be less meddlesome okay great now like that sounds good to say now like an application like you got problems when like you're not catching those stars and like when people that were actually protected and were around for um, to actually have something of a of a star essence or uh, or like they're now gone. So now Raw feels aimless and also uh, and just like rudderless. Now, like you can fix that. Like we'll see. And also, like one thing I will say that you know they seem they've done um, over the past um, I guess eight days or so, or sorry, ten days is. It's far less dealing these shows. So that's mm-hmm. a plus in the right direction. But there's still other, there are still other issues they got to, they're, they're, they need to attempt to, like, fix. Yep, so after that, um, they booked a uh, Fatal 4-Way. Essentially, they told Drake Maverick he ain't getting no uh, rematch. Essentially, um, pretty much like... Uh, I forgot who said you ain't getting no rematch. I think it was Mick <laughs> at some point, or excuse me. Um, they um, put the Revival, the B-Team, the Lucha House Party, and the AOP in there for a future chance at the tag belts. And then they announced all the new people that were coming in to uh, WWE as call-ups from NXT. So, uh, you know, they've been building up Lars for weeks, so he was on there. They announced Lacey Evans, EC3, Heavy Machinery, and Nikki Cross. Video package for all of them, all to silence. NXT, I've said this many other times, this is the time to really talk about it. The concept of NXT and what it really is, is an absolute charade. It is a scam. It is a facade. This is a thing that exists for WWE to train their homegrown people that don't really have backgrounds in wrestling, but have a look for television, or they're tall, or they're blonde, or they're muscly, or they something like that, and they don't, and they're not over in, in most cases, right? And they're like earmarked essentially. Without becoming stars in NXT, it's not developmental. What it is, is a place to stash people 
to keep them away from being around the rest of the world while they pick their hand-chosen performance center trained motherfuckers to get the 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 crazy amounts of protection the monster pushes when they get to the main roster and nxt basically if you look at these call-ups right not adam cole not alistair black not the undisputed era not birch and lorkin not fabian eichner not Johnny Gargano, not Cassius Ono, not Keith Lee, um, not Matt Riddle, not fucking Ricochet, not Roderick Strong, or he's part of Undisputed Era, not Tommaso Ciampa. These are the people that are becoming stars, not Tyler Bate or the British Strong Style dudes, not Pete Dunne, not Velveteen Dream, who's actually one of their homegrown guys, not in, if, in, Start going to the women's wrestlers. Not Shayna Baszler, who's been down there for a year and a half. Not Kyrie Sane, who can be the best babyface in WWE. Not Bianca Belair, not who actually looks like she's getting some rolling on, on NXT. Not Candice LeRae. It is, not, it is actually a homegrown person. Right. Not Dakota Kai. Not the Four Horsewomen. Not Mia Yim. Not um. Let's see. Yeah, I, I, I not Diana Perrazzo. What they're doing is is a complete scam. And I think I don't want to see any of these people wrestle. Like, I don't want to see EC3. I'm not checking for Tucker Knight. Like, Otis Dozovich is a complete gimmick, which is fine. But I'm not checking for that shit. Um, Nikki, no. <laughs> and Lacey Evans, I'm all the way good. Like... No, sir. In EC3, I'm I'm really good on. Like, I never want to see him wrestle a match. And it's just more on the, you know, what they say is really wrong with this thing that WWE just completely doesn't understand. They are picking these motherfuckers based on cosmetics. And it's just like, chief, none of these people are over. They're not stars. And they're not moving the needle in the developmental promotion. So... Stop lying, essentially, about what you are, and keep it a buck. Yeah, um, there's this stuff. There's stuff in that that I, that I definitely agree on. Um, I think the thing for me is that I see it, I see it more as they're still on this. Like, um, I've talked to you about this before. Like, they're still out here. Like, if you've ever seen the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt about like Billy being the A's, and it's like. Look, man, I, all of you scouts and, and all the people that have eyes for this stuff and they're, you know, and, and Kevin Dunn and TV and, like, wanting to try to pick people that, like, when they walk through the airport, you, like, you turn your head and say, who the fuck is that guy? Like, there is some, there is value in that, absolutely. However, like, can that person get on base or not? Do you know that, like, don't tell me that his, his swing looks beautiful. Don't tell me that, like... He, he, you know, he looks strong as an ox, so eventually the power will come, even though, like, his, his OPS, is, I'm sorry, his, um, his slugging percentage is shit. Like, either, yet, either, like, does he get on base or not? I'm translating to, can this person, does this person get over or not? If you, you never know until you put somebody on there, and that's true. However, you would, you would assume that you would try to figure that stuff out in developmental. And to me, I'm not as upset about the EC, or I'm not upset about the EC three three thing at all because that dude got over in NXT, like he did. Like, do people are his matches on par with the contemporaries in NXT? Absolutely not. But he got over NXT even though he was a heel. 
and he ran with it, and that dude is a gimmick, and he and he's absolutely seems he's actually the person that can carry that you can tell can carry some of the bad writing that he's eventually going to get in WWE and make it work for himself. So on that end, like if his ceiling is Elias or higher, I think he has that kind of that kind of potential. And if that's the case, then fine, whatever. Um, now moving back to the on base thing, like Lacey Evans. <laughs> like the, the, the quote of Lacey Evans, we if your thing is okay, we need somebody that's tall with a great physique, um, and and has a, has a character for themselves, and you and you decide to pick up Lacey Evans instead of Bianca Belair. Like the only the only good explanation, not explanation, but the only good explanation you give me is, well, we plan on doing something big with, or we plan on giving her some type of um, real run at NXT. My suggestion would be, um, that's great and all, but. Um, Developmental in NXT is supposed to be a is supposed to be a slave to the major product and give somebody that is um, give somebody that actually ha- has the it factor compared to Lacey Evans. Nah, it's it's just a mistake, right? Uh, I mean, well, she's blonde, but yeah, like, but it's flat out. It's a mistake. So we can move on, like. You can move on, like I, you know, I, I like Nikki. I enjoy Nikki because she's she's goofy and she's a loon or whatever else. And that, but I I feel like that's a thing that um that will that will run its course in, in, in on the main roster, and you know they'll be done with her after a while. They will be wondering like where the hell is she? Um, maybe not because you know they're going to need women, and she you know she she she's okay. Um, heavy machinery. That's that's another raw tag team right now. <laughs> it just is. Like I love Otis. Uh, I really love this match with um with Tommaso Ciampa a few um like a month or so ago, but he's with Tucker Knight. He, no, and and Tucker Knight's taller, so he's gonna be the one that gets the, that's gonna be the one they try to push, and they're not they're, it's not gonna work, and then they're gonna look wonder and try to figure out how come it's not working. And why do you even bring up bring these guys up? So who you think is gonna be taking like, the pinfalls? Yeah, that too. So for me, <laughs> it's like. And also, you take into account like what what the, what's the problem with the main roster and why you need an influx of talent. You need, you need an influx of talent because you are dangerously thin on stars in the babyface like uh, realm uh, locker rooms on all the amongst all the divisions, except for like SmackDown women, except for SmackDown women. This should have been so, a, this should have been a ricochet call up. This should have been um, a Johnny Gargano call up and just turn him babyface. Alistair Black, this Al- should have been Alistair, him. Alistair Black isn't short. Like, right. the thing that we think about, like, with when it comes to Cole or Ricochet or um, Gargano or Ciampa, those guys are all short. So you already know he walks through the door. They're going to have to learn. They're going to have to earn it the way that AJ, AJ or Daniel Bryan had to earn it. And whatever, that's fine. That, you already know, you already know that going in once, once they get there. Alistair Black comes in. He's not short. He's as tall as Seth or any or any other guys right now that aren't like the super the two hundred fifty pound guys. So that should so that so that should be a problem. He has a look with all the tattoos. You know, Vince loves people that that that, that have that striking look because either they're you know either they're gorgeous or they're ugly or they're you know or they look like freak shows. He's all tatted up like a freak show. So that should so that should have been somebody they should have pulled the trigger on. And then you have the then you have Velveteen, who is like Velveteen 
checks off all the boxes that 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 you would assume for Vince, except for one box, and he can't he can't help that. That that's that's you know that's that's genetics. Yeah. But it, he has a He has a character. He has a character that you can um, that you can that's pliable and he can be adaptable. He can talk. He he's he's ripped to shreds. He's not scrawny. He's tall and he's athletic. Um, and, and, and like he works really hard to get him, to get his matches over. And he's and he's already has a way of, of um he's already over with the NXT crowd, which means he has a shot of people actually knowing who he is, and you don't have to work as hard to try to get that person over. Like so, I, I mean, this was. You know, there are a bunch of mistakes made here as far as um, the people they brought up. Like, you know, obviously we know these are two separate things. Like, a lot of this is just the, just the hoarding staff people. Like, the, this is like his NBA Europe. Like, they got all these draft picks and they're stashing them in fucking Europe. It's like, bro, bring them over. Like, you got Mama Ginobili sitting over there. You got fucking Dirk sitting over there. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> um, like, and they have a whole new <laughs> class ready to move into those spots that could be vacated by Aleister Black, Gargano, and Ciampa. Yep. Like, they have a whole yep. new, like, they have Riddle, they have Lee, they have Dijak. They have all these guys that can just slide right in there. Yep. But no. And and the thing that's so frustrating for the thing that's frustrating for me is that like you're bringing up all these prospects and you have no idea if they can actually get on base. You're just gonna rely on the fact you're just gonna rely on you being the master booker um, that that that'll that'll get all these people over or get you know a certain hit rate of them over as opposed to if you go with these people here who are already over on the smaller product already have things going for them. You have a better shot at getting those people over if you actually try with the same effort as these people that you know, that you know you just put in your out of the you pulled out of your you know your own version of the of the power plant. Yeah. So you know if it don't work, then they have nobody to blame but themselves. Yep. So that's enough for the NXT. Let me talk, phrase but... that. Let me phrase that. When it doesn't work, they have no one to blame but themselves. Right. But yes, these people will get every opportunity. So. <laughs> <laughs> like Lars, Lazy Evans, they will get a million chances. So, oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look what I mean. Jesus, look what look how hard they tried with, with Corbin. Yeah, uh, look how hard they tried with Corbin. And, and that, and you can trace it back to all the people that like the Eliases, your Corbins, your Reigns, your Charlottes, your Strowmans. If you are a person that is came Alexa, if you are Carmella, if you are a person that has come out of their system that they recruited and all that, you are going to get a special level of protection on the main roster. Chances are like, it's not a perfect science. Like, but I, I feel like you can point to enough cases. We're like, huh? I, I see a trend developing here. So, um, after that, we had that fatal four way tag match. Revival went over those guys, um, and you know it's good to see the revival is actually gonna get a chance to do something. But uh, I won't, you know, spoil anything for you. But uh, check out the match next week. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So Rhonda was out. Um, she said that sheets. Uh, or excuse me, I I skipped one thing. Seth Rollins had a promo uh, backstage. Where he started feeling sorry for himself again, it sounded like. Um, well, I won't say that. I take that back. He said uh, he let yeah, Ambrose. Yeah, uh, he let Ambrose get in his head, and to top it off, he heard that crowd last night. I've got to own that and move forward. And this ain't about my performance in the ring. This is my life, uh, and this is everything I dedicated it to. And this starts with me ending Dean Ambrose. 
This ain't a rap song. This is my life. Yes. Like, yep. <laughs> so, okay. So, I, I do I do like this Pearl because now he's like, it's almost like his character is almost like he's becoming like the moral compass or he's becoming like, he's showing that he's connected to the fans. And so, and okay, saying like, he's listening to the fans and also, you know, given what we've gotten with the mass coming in and saying that like, listen to the crowd and that was a week after, you know, Seth said all that stuff about the shows, like, this might be a nice little um, thing he's doing, but we'll see, like, what comes of it, if, if anything else comes of it, as far as him, like, you know, the talk of what's going on amongst people that are, like, the, you know, the diehard fan base or whatever else, and him actually, like, um, you know, responding to the talk. Like, I think that I think that's cool. Yeah. We'll see where it goes, though. I think he eventually needs to go against uh, the McMahon and say, ain't nothing really changed. This is a fucking charade. I see what this is. And, and like, where the fuck is Brock? Essentially, like, <laughs> like where the fuck is Wallace string? Um, and then after that, Corbin walked up. He said, you know, everyone thought I was doing a good job until you said something. He blamed Rollins for his downfall and sold out until Rollins stole, stole on him. So, James, what spot was that? Yep. Oh, yeah, that is. Still on Roman, or still on um, uh, Corbin backstage. He is now in the Roman Reigns spot. Yep, absolutely. So Ronda was out next. Uh, she said she told uh, Nia that she can kiss the right hand she's proud of goodbye. She told Charlotte she'd write the next chapter of her story. Oh, this is all very intense, by the way. Um, she told Becky that she's the last man standing, uh, or, or she's a, she's the last woman she wants to prov- provoke. Uh, and big, big, big Becky Chance broke out. Ronda got some booze. Uh, she said she didn't uh, come to here to justify her actions. She came to define what a real champion is. Then she goes into that real champion promo that she needs to fucking get rid of because it's like just the drizzling shits. Uh, she says a real champion is more than the title or an object you put in your hands. It's more than the winner of a match or the decision of a ref. A real champion reps the limit of human potential, physically, morally, and a bunch of other bad verbiage. So, um, Didn't she say at one point that champions are the best of the human race? Yeah, yeah, like the peak of the human race or some shit like that. I'm yeah, like, okay, so, like, like, so at what point, like, at what point do we just say, like, alright, Save that, and then like we need to make you like the lead, like the lead instructor at like the Cobra Kai dojo. You fucking, <laughs> you fucking wound. crazy, yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking like, psycho. There is no rusty in this dojo. Sweep the leg, all of that. Like you, there, there is no pain in this dojo either. So yes. this is just like she is like makes trying to make herself so unrelatable, and I don't know why because people just want to. I want to like her. Um, I have liked her before. These promos are not like if these are set up long. If these are set up down the line for um, where they look back and say like, listen how she was talking. Of course she was a heel, or of course like when she ever when she finally turns, then I'll be like, okay, I can understand why you do this. But like, you don't have to do that that much. You don't need to cut one of these like you know every blue moon. Not like every this is like week. every fucking promo. It's just like yo, I don't like her. Like, 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 A, you're going against Becky. B, you're going against Charlotte. I'm not cheering you in either situation. But then feel, when, when you come out here and you're supposed to be this baby face in this situation, nah, man, like, it, it, it ain't working. Like, doesn't it almost feel like they feel obligated to throw her on the, to throw her out there every single week to talk? 
Look, you remember that old Cool J song? Tell Wyclef why do you even turn his fucking mic on? Like, it's like, turn her fucking mic off. Like, I don't... <laughs> like, like, I'm like not, you I'm pre-tapes with her. Like, fuck. I'm not saying that it's gotten to the point where it's like, you know, like the end of, like, it's November of 2015 with Seth, like, coming out every, fifth, every first 15 minutes of every single Raw. But... Like, it's been to a point where it's like... No, it's just they her promos are bad. Like they, where they feel like they're obligated to come out here and do this every single week with her, or every or most weeks with her, and you're and you're not doing her any favors by doing that because it's WWE, it's a lot of product and a lot of stuff in the schedule, and, like, you can't be interesting that often that for that long given, like, you're not doing that much dynamic stuff. And also how they position her to where they kind of kept her against like the cream of the crop with the rest of the women. Like they haven't thrown her they haven't really uh they haven't thrown her to, out there with Sasha or with Bailey and like I mean they're just back into the natty thing. So but I I feel like they need to just, you know, have her backstage, cut a you know, have her backstage or, you know, do do more stuff besides come out in front of the audience and cut promos for long amounts of time. It's not that's she needs to only be really be doing that when like there's actually an opponent in place right now and you're trying to build towards a pay per view or a big match. Yeah. That's how I feel. So so she um uh issued an open challenge and then all of a sudden the whole locker room was screaming they wanted to open challenge at some production geeks and then Stephanie McMahon walks up and yells at them all, so completely sunning or daughtering all these women. <laughs> <laughs> And just like it's just more of what we don't want. It's like Stephanie's in charge of all the little worker wrestlers. Like, no, man. Like, so yes, the new era of Raw is the same as it always is. I'm shocked um, that Stephanie McMahon even got 50 yards within uh, with near Ronda. She ain't learned yet. Apparently, she said that all the women here deserved a title match. I'm sorry, all of them do not deserve a title match. Dana Brooke does not deserve a title match. <laughs> Mickey James does not deserve a title match. Who have any of these people beat? Whatever. She sets up a... Them. It's, a it's a group full of geeks. Yes. It, it's, literally, it's literally Rhonda and Alexa Bliss because she's been off TV. She's been off TV or from, from wrestling so long that like she hasn't like she hasn't been like brought down like with, with the rest of everybody else. And then Nia, because Nia won at or you know, because Nia won that battle royal. And she was the like the recent title contender. Like that's that's it. Everybody else, they're all just geeks right now. So she announced an eight woman gauntlet. So um our matches uh were Bailey and Alicia Fox. So um and Bailey got rid of Alicia Fox with a uh, crucifix pin. Up next was Dana Brooke. Uh, this went two minutes, and Brooke was like starting fast on her, but immediately ran into a um, Bailey to belly like a yeek. Um, after that, uh, yeah, she she just cut her off and just hit her with her move in one. Yeah. So after that, Mickey James was out with Bailey. They had some uh, nice little back and forth sequences. Bailey fought through our hair injured leg, and she hit a flying elbow. Um, after that, James like tried, kicked her leg out of her leg and uh, hit a DDT on her and, and beat her. And the announcer said that Bailey was in there for 20 minutes. I mean, she was like she was, but you know she was she was kind of just there. So, um, 
Ember Moon was out next, and she defeated Mickey James. Uh, she basically came in there, hit her with a drop kick, and you know was in control. Uh, after a while, uh, Moon hit her uh, with like a code breaker, and then uh, hit the eclipse. And Mickey James's eclipse is uh, cell is on par with the Rock's uh, cell of the Stone Cold Stunner. Uh, she has a full front flip after taking the move. So from there, Natalia comes in for a trio of matches. It turned out against Ember Moon, Ruby Riot, and Sasha Banks. The match with Sasha going the longest, about 13 minutes, was really good at the end. Um, Natty ended up getting the victory via sharpshooter. Uh, I I actually like the decision here um, because I didn't want them to blow Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey off on a tape show that we're not even even going to cover or anything. So and, and be someone's TV uh, program. I think it's real cute that you say they're actually saving a Sasha Banks Ronda Rousey program as opposed to they them obviously never are they are they obviously are why because why do you think that then why why would they have not let Sasha win because they don't want to have that match Rich that's my that's what I'm getting at it's, it's, look think of all the things all right you saying that sounds a lot like the people that were trying to tell us that, that they're just saving they're just saving Ronda versus I'm sorry saving Sasha versus Bailey they're just saving it you know it's, it's for SummerSlam oh no it's for Evolution or it's for WrestleMania no they're just not doing the shit well no like them not blowing it off on TV like on a nothing nothing makes me think okay they'll do it on pay per view one day I think what's going to happen is. Um, Sasha, or sorry, Ronda is going to wrestle um, either Becky or Charlotte at Royal Rumble, and then there she's gonna some for some reason um, have a match against who knows, probably Natalya. Natalya will turn on her at a, at um was it uh, either Fast Lane or I'm sorry, Elimination Chamber Fast Lane, whatever else, and she has her match with whoever at WrestleMania, and then like Sasha gets sent to SmackDown. Like at during the during the shakeup, like I can imagine that right now. It could happen, um, but yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. the The big news that um, the, the big news was there was no change. Really, this just felt like the same Monday Night Raw we normally always got. Um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn <laughs> got announced to come back. Um, they it, put a fresh coat of paint on the bucket. Yeah, instead of Baron Corbin, we got four McMahons. We have the McMahon family. I, I feel like I heard that a ton as well. Uh, four, so we we traded one authority figure for four. Great. Uh, and, you know, the answer is just more McMahons. This is nuts. They're completely tone deaf. This show yep. was still trash. Like, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. We're going to be back, and we will uh, be covering SmackDown, a show that is not trash, a show that is does not have the problems uh, going on with it. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Of course, it is time to review SmackDown Live, so James, take us through it. Yes, um, SmackDown Live, December uh, 18, 2018, from Fresno, California. The show was with Shane McMahon addressing the roster backstage. He's in this, like, 
chameleon, uh, whatever, whatever. He's in a jacket that's like that changes tones as it, as it grazes as it goes up through it, whatever. Um, uh, he says last night Raw. Um, the uh, he says last night on Raw the the McMahon family ushered in a new era in the WWE, and um, that goes for SmackDown as well, which you know surprised me because this show seems perfectly fine. Um, that, those are raw problems. Yes. Um, uh, he says that uh, they're truly listening and they owe it to not just themselves, but for the greatest fan base in the world, the, the WWE universe. It all starts tonight. And he wants to uh, he wants everyone to rip the, the brass ring down and not just grab it and reach for it. So he then brings out Paige and wants to thank her for, for um, because her job is now obsolete. Um and um, he he wanted uh, to thank her on behalf of her for her enormous contributions, and says that she's. But she he also wanted to say that she's not going anywhere, just that her role has changed. And um, he raises her hand, and then um, it leads to a thank you page chant, which like AJ Styles seemed really into giving the thank you page chant. Man, so the 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 best GM in ages, and then just fuck you, like <laughs> yeah, Look, all because Monday all- Night Raw. Sorry. Yeah, hands off, didn't book bullshit when um, you know, like you know, didn't put up with no didn't put up with no mess neither. Yeah, so in the arena and we get Becky's entrance. Uh she gets on the mic and says she doesn't care who's running the show because the man's in charge. She doesn't really do meetings, so she's out there with the people where the business is really conducted. And the only thing she wants from the McMahon family is for them to deliver her Ronda Rousey. She tells Ronda to listen up and says when she got in her business and she faced her down. Ugh, I'm sorry. Um, she says that uh, that when she got in her in her business, she faced she faced her face to face in the dress room as opposed to what she did at TLC last night. Um, she said that she cost her the title and she didn't even have the decency to fight the fighter and uh, decided to push her um, off the ladder when she was just inches from victory. And she's worked too hard for too long to let Ronda um, be a, a, a Roddy, Roddy, I'm sorry, Roddy Piper cosplayer and take it away from her. So then Charlotte comes out. I like that line um, a lot, the the Roddy Piper cosplay. I felt like she said that uh, to her on Twitter and then bring uh, some of that flame in there. Yeah. So Charlotte gets to the ring, gets a mic, and she she tells Becky that she needs to take a take a number in the line, and the line and um the the close number or the best number she can get is number two because uh, Ronda stole Charlotte's opportunity from her, and then uh, Charlotte says so. Then Becky says, speaking of cosplayers, and looks her up and down, knows that she's also wearing all black, yes. like Becky has been for months. Yes. Um. Yeah, uh, she says that she her days of standing behind Charlotte are long gone. So then Charlotte says to Becky um, that she'll always be looking up to her then, now, and forever. Um, and that's because you're six foot Ronda, two, Charlotte. Be an eight time champion. <laughs> I said that's because you're six foot two, Charlotte. Everybody looking up to you. Six two in heels, anyway. Yeah. All right. So so then Oscar comes out. She starts. She she comes out. She gets in the ring, and she's just out here, just having a ball. She's shimmying and dancing, and and the crowd loves it. She's she's enjoying it too. Um, and then she tells them to forget about Ronda because she's a champion now. And 
Becky says to tell her to prove it, and then Charlotte says she should be thankful because she's never beaten her. And then Becky calls her paper champion, and the next thing you know, Vince's music hits. So Vince comes out trying to attach himself to the hot shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Vince comes out and he only he doesn't even get to the ring. He only comes halfway down the ramp and he wishes everyone a happy holiday and he congratulates Oscar on winning the title. Um, and because it's 2018 and we need some real moments um, like that in, in WWE, he, uh, Vince then tells Becky and Charlotte that their their conduct is unbecoming and making excuses for things that happened in uh, any, in anything goes match like TLC. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, yeah, we whatever. Um, so yeah, we right, got so, fucked out here essentially, and you know we just got to be yeah. cool. Yeah. So Vince says that Rhonda said she was going to write the next chapter in both of their careers, and they need to get over it and take charge and um, and take it out on her, meaning Rhonda. So Vince asked uh, Oscar if she'd like to defend her title, and Oscar says, "Hell yeah," because she's a badass. And Vince a- Vince asks if anyone is ready for Oscar, and um, then introduces her challenger, Naomi. Interesting. Uh, they've obviously been a tag team for you know a couple months now, and you know babyface versus babyface match, and it was funny when Naomi came out because Vince like halfway started dancing, but then he stopped himself. <laughs> you know why? Remember the last time? Remember last time there was some music playing around Naomi with Vince? You remember that when they was either backstage dance with the fucking Dactyls? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So. Oh man! So Naomi gets on the mic and says that um, Charlotte Charlotte's been had her opportunities, and Becky isn't a man anymore, and she wants the title. Um, but as always, the matches are. I'm sorry. Uh, so we end up going to commercial break, and then we come back, and we find out that we have David Otunga replacing. I guess per- is that permanently, or is that just for now? Uh, Saxon. Not sure. They're not sure. I I thought Saxon did a decent job, but I mean Otunga wasn't horrible tonight. So Sa- yes, look. But I'll say this: regardless, Saxon is still better than Otunga. Anyway. So, uh, so while, while I'm mentioning the um, the uh, Saxon being replaced for now, anyway, uh, we have Becky and we have Charlotte sitting ringside watching the match. Um, so, Na- so Naomi and, and Oscar they battled for the early advantage and attempted uh, a drop kick at the same time. You know, my most loathed move of all time: double, you know, identical spots at the same time. Um, Naomi hit a full Nelson sit out slam for a pin. Uh, they traded some pin attempts, uh, trying to get quick, uh, quick uh, victories. Oscar locked on a submission while uh, while holding onto the top rope. Um, she started yelling at Flair and, and at Flair and Becky in Japanese. It was hilarious. Uh, the crowd popped and went crazy for Oscar. However, uh, Naomi jumped up and hit a side Russian leg sweep off the second turn, off the second rope. That shit was wrong. Um, so yes, it was. And Naomi, like she damn neared herself on, on high on her neck. So uh, we come back from commercial break, uh, and Oscar was firmly in control. Um, she had a, a, a missile. She made a missile drop kick uh, to Naomi from behind, and Naomi um, ended up sliding out to the floor. Oscar whipped Naomi into the barricade, but Naomi jumped on the barricade and ended up hitting a disaster kick. 
Uh, Naomi went for the split leg moonsault, but Asuka uh, ended up uh, getting knees up and then um, applying to Asuka lock. But Naomi um, at, was able to keep Asuka from fully locking it on, so she's able to uh, to fight fight out of it. So um, Naomi scored a, a, a few near falls, and then she hit a rear view for a very close two count. The finish came when Asuka applied the the, the uh, final Asuka lock for uh, and ended up getting the submission win. Um, so the commentators announced that AJ Styles oh, and Mustafa Ali and, uh, are, are going to wrestle Daniel Bryan and Andrade for the main event tonight. It's amazing. It's we, we we found that guy. Um, <laughs> so with, yeah. with with Naomi, I think Naomi is like the perfect baby face for a champion to fight, like on TV, because you're going to have an exciting match. That she can do some cool shit, and you can ultimately beat her, and she's still gonna be over to a certain level. So, I think Naomi's very valuable here. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I have one question though: Who is supposed to be the top heel in SmackDown for the women's division? Ain't none. Well, Charlotte, but ain't none really. That's my point. Like. Becky is a babyface. Charlotte is really a tweener at this point. Oscar's always been a babyface, and like Naomi's a babyface. Those are the four top women in the division. Yeah, like and then the heels just drop way the fuck off. It's yeah, like Sonya, Mandy, and the Iconics. Anyone else? Yeah, like a, I mean, no one I can think I don't of. Know. Yeah, even Carmella's <laughs> a face. So. Yeah, maybe Lacey oh, Evans. It look, look, it looks like Charlotte has turned herself into that uh, that old like ninety nine uh, two thousand Triple H. It's like everybody's baby, all, got all these top baby faces. If I if I make myself a tweener or a heel, then I'll always be in the I'll, I'll always be in in the pole position to be in the main event. Yep. Anyway, so um, so we uh, we go to the back and Miz like timidly knocks on McMahon's door. And then after a second, he knocks harder. And then he actually decides to knock like he actually got some bass in his voice. And so Vince comes out and he mocked, he mocked how weak his knocks were. And then uh, Miz asked for shame, but Vince uh, said he couldn't come out to play. Uh, so Vince tried to convince uh, Miz. Sorry, so Miz tried to convince Vince that Miz and Shane would make a great tag team. Uh, he then uh, asked Vince for his blessing to be tag team partners with Shane. Um, and let me phrase it. He asked for his blessings for them to be partners. Exactly. Gay jokes. So, so Vince says he doesn't give blessings and, um, he wants Miz to prove it. And Vince is going to pick a partner for Miz to, uh, to complete a match later. So then Miz goes to start, you know, kissing Vince's ass. And then he ends up, uh, while doing all the kissing, he ends up having to pucker up on the door that Vince slammed in his face. It, so it's so funny seeing Vince interact with this roster because it's like, He's been off TV so long, it's like he's meeting all these people for the first time, like, in front of us, like, like especially, like, with the That's women, funny. and then with, like, Miz, it's like, we ain't never, like, seen them on camera together. Bruh, that's hilarious. Like, you know what you're saying is, like, this first time I've ever seen Miz, is like, dude, he's like, like, what's her name? My name's, my name's Mike, sir. How long have you been working here? I've been here for a decade, sir. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's like, Wait, I'm in a, aren't you that guy I made it in a WrestleMania 27? Yes. Yes, sir. Um, imagine yes, sir. when he meets Dolph Ziggler. Oh. oh, my God. 
I, I think we're going to write that down now. All these people that Vince randomly meets over <laughs> over the next, like, however long this lasts, we Bruh, will document how, them. How many times do you think they've had to tell Vince? Like, I was shocked that they actually they actually called her Asuka instead of Asuka. Oh, man. Like, I, I guarantee Triple H and Shane back there is like, just call her Oscar, except no hard R at the end. Just call her Oscar. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha, like, gotcha. like you're saying it fast, you know. Like, they probably, in, in the show, she's they probably spelling her name phonetically and shit. Damn. <laughs> so he doesn't fuck it up. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> so, we go, so, so, we go somewhere else in the back, and we have the fly ref interviewing Rusev and Lana. So, uh, uh, the fly ref ended up noting that um, that Rusev pinned the U.S. champion Nakamura. Uh, she wondered if he wants a title shot. Rusev says that he hopes the fans are paying attention because if Rusev is a star, and he, uh, he ended up promising to defeat Nakamura on the greatest day of the year, Rusev Day. This yeah, man Rusev about how handsome he was, about how big how how big the the gun show is. Yes, bro. He's he's fucking hilarious. He he was like yeah. he he had a picture of Nakamura. He's like, have you seen how Nakamura look, looks? It, yes. it was like he, he wanted said to say, like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, it it was like he wanted to say, man, he out here looking fucked up right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it sounded like. Russo wanted to say. Yes. So, like it it just shows like how how likable of a guy Russo was. I I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I would have liked to have heard Lana say something, but whatever. Um, so from there, we go to what was deemed as, uh, Samoa Joe's apology segment. So Jeff Hardy comes out and he gets on the mic and he says that he heard Samoa Joe wants to apologize. And for the uh, last few weeks, he said some things about him, um, and his demons that were true. Um, Jeff admits that he's been weak and he's made some mistakes, but that, that, but that was then, and this is now, and Jeff wakes up every day and worships the fact that he's alive and well, and um, so here, bringing on Joe, and he wants to hear his apology face-to-face. So, Joe comes out, and he says he apologizes, um, because this is, but, but as he gets in the ring, he says, this is no apology. He, he says that uh, he's been forced to deceive him, because this is more, actually really important. This is an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my god! So, uh, <laughs> Joe says uh, to Jeff uh, to look that Jeff needs to look in the mirror, and he's known for a long time, and uh, he's and and everyone else around him is worried, and that it's the holiday times, and um, his and that he is in a fragile condition, and well, it can be really tough time of the year and eventually demons are going to come running back so so then Jeff uh, says he more than reminds himself about his past uh, I'm sorry he says that the more that he is reminded about his past the more that he tells himself he's never going to go back and he and his demons can see right through Joe he says that Joe attacks people's weaknesses to cover up his own insecurities so so what are your insecurities Joe Um, is it the fact that you've been here for two years and you never won one championship the crowd goes, ooh. Yeah. And I immediately go, he is going to murder you just like as if he was Minoru Suzuki. So, <laughs> so, so one other so thing. Jo- one thing so about Joe's- Jeff. He so, said that was then, but this is now. Bro, that was eight months ago. What the fuck are you talking about, Jeff? Yeah, yes, exactly. He blew he blew a point two four, point two six just a few months ago. Yes, absolutely. So 
Joe, instead of me thinking like he's gonna he's just going to be enraged and just beat the piss out of this guy, he laughs it off. Yes, he's gonna walk away, and then immediately charges at, at Jeff. Jeff uh, was a Jeff. Jeff ain't no rookie. He's he's seen it all. He, he he's 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 ready. Gives him the kick in the gut, and then gives him the um the, the twist of fate, hey. and um and then cl- rolls out the ring. Uh, you know, standing victorious. Meanwhile, Joe is uh is recovering and looks furious. Hey, like he's it, going it, to murder this man next week. It's the same. So stay tuned. It's the same. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we come back for commercial break, and Miz makes his interest, and um, we end up finding out that his uh his mystery tag partner is in fact Mandy Rose, and at this point, I think Mandy needs to get a restraining order on Graves. My God. Yes. Dude, I could see his. I could see. Look, I could see the bulge in his pants over the commentary. He needs to chill. It's 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 really settle down. Yeah, like, he needs to be hold. He needs to be hosed off. Like this man's like in Jerry Lawler territory right now. <laughs> like like he's like a he's 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 knocking at the door and Lawler's about to open the door for him in a second. Yeah. So anyway, Ms. and Mandy Rose, huh? That's that's funny because I I seem to recall Ms. saving her because she was hot at Tough Enough. Back in the day. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm moving right along. So, uh, so we find out oh, this that the opponents works. are Carmella and our truth So, winners Carmella of the WWE G1. Yes, yes. So, they come out and talk about them winning the, the WWE G1 and um, talk about how they're going to be in their respective WrestleManias, I'm sorry, uh, Royal Rumbles as the 30th entrant, and then talked about the the their their exotic vacation to Stanford, Connecticut. Um, so they have the match, and um, just oh, I'm sorry. Before they get to the match, I have to mention one thing. So our truth, <laughs> he said he looks forward to facing Ms. Maurice tonight, and. Miz made a face like, wait, what? That's not Maurice. That's Mandy. And, you know, I just got to, I'm just going to come out and say it. I, I really do enjoy, like, this this R-Truth gimmick where, like, he can't tell white women apart. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really do. It's just, it's just funny as hell. Like, Maurice was, remember, he thought, he thought Carmelo was Maurice. Blonde white <laughs> women. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Just, it's, it's just, it, I find it hilarious. It's, it's fantastic. So they start the match um, with, with they start the match with uh, Carmella with the early advantage. Um, they had, and then next thing you know, dance break. So uh, Mandy uh, tried to jump in um, and give Carmella the knee, but then uh, R-Truth pulled her out of the way. So Carmella hit a super kick on Rose, and they both went to the floor. Um, Miz then uh, from the other side of the ring snuck up on R-Truth and then hit the skull crush finale for the win. Uh, the commentators then go on to discuss all the changes in the fresh new era. Uh, Phillips noted that they could fill all the changes tonight and uh, then noted there are a lot of new faces on the way. So then we end up getting um, like the, you know, half 20 second vignettes for Lars Sullivan, Nikki Cross, EC3. Um, who else are we getting? Lacey. 
Oh, heavy Evan, machinery. Lacey Evans, yeah, yeah, Lacey Evans and heavy machinery. So the Usos come down to the ring. They noted that they weren't pinned in a triple threat tag match at TLC. They demanded uh, SmackDown tag. They demanded for the bar to come out. Uh, they said they ended up getting uh, Gallows and Anderson. And uh, Anderson noted that every week has been about the New Day, the Usos, or the bar, or New Day, the bar, and the Usos, or the bar, the <laughs> Usos, the New Day. And um, he pointed out that they haven't been on a match in SmackDown since August. Um, the Usos told them that they're not the ones holding them back and told them they need to step up or turn around. And so then um, Gallows and Anderson headed to the ring. And as they decided to do that, the Usos said, Welcome to the Uso Penitentiary. Boy. So next thing you know, um, a ring the ring announcer um, confirmed that the man's just out of, you know, just out of nowhere approved the match and it starts. So we end up getting... I don't know. I think we got a pretty good match. So um, we get Anderson and Gallows. They take uh, they take over, and then they end up um, rocking Jimmy with a kick to the head, and then we go to commercial. Uh, Jay got the hot tag, and then ran wild on Anderson. Jay missed a charge in the corner. Anderson hit a boot in the corner for a net breaker uh, and a near fall. Gallows hit a choke slam and a power bomb for a near fall. Um, we get we get a pretty cool spot where Jay attempted a dive, but um, Anderson ended up rocking him with a kick on the apron, um, and then Jay got caught up in the ropes, and it, you know they could have been really tra- really bad because it, it got caught in his, around his knee and leg, and you know those situations, you know he got lucky. So um, we come back from commercial break, and then uh, the Gallows uh, and Anderson isolate Jimmy on their side of the ring, and then uh, Jay was on the floor clutching onto his knee. Uh, Jimmy fired back with super kicks to gain the advantage. Uh, Jimmy hit a splash on Anderson. The bar then came out, but before they could, Sanity came out and hit the ring. They ended up attacking uh, both teams in the ring, and then Sanity walked past the bar, and then the bar decided to jump on uh, the Usos and um, Gallows and Anderson. I feel like Sanity is that, that kid that shows up to school like once every three months, like, and then it's like, oh, shit, they still here? Yeah, I mean it's uh, not their know. fault, but it's just like, a fu- it's a function like, of the show. Like, when was the last time we saw them? Was when they introduced Nikki Cross when they were in the UK? Yeah, right. I, I Castle, think I, I think that I think that was the last time we saw them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, they were on the pre-show match with like the they were part of they were a part of this of the SmackDown Penitentiary on the pre-show. Hey. They're part of the only. They're probably the only SmackDown team or act that won at Survivor Series. But, I but, forgot. But Sorry. They, but they told us that didn't count, so I just completely, like, you know, moved that out of my memory. Good point. Not canon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we go to the back, and um, Nakamura wonder why he should be scared of Rusev. Um, and then he ends up playing sh- footage of Rusev talking about how beautiful his legs are. And he loves running around naked. And then Nakamura noted that uh, Rusev's not a star. He's a total diva, which is just like, oh, God. We're treading into some really whack territory. So, like, we're, like, we're, we're just doing the masculinity deal. That's what we're doing. Oh, I, I, I kind of took it as like, you know, put you on this summer summer jam screen. So I, right. I, I ain't scared of you. But the reason why you put him on a summer dress scheme is because he's not because because he's acting quote unquote unmasculine. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is a Vince McMahon promotion. Good point. 
Daniel Bryan comes down to the <laughs> ring and he said that he killed the Yes Movement and on Sunday he destroyed the house that AJ Styles built. Hella booze. Um, I like the, he said, unlike the people, he's about creation. On SmackDown, uh, Bryan is creating a new brave world. He understands that the people won't like it because they fear change. He wondered how the people could destroy the planet that gives them life. You know what all the people of Fresno are the guiltiest of them all? He says that Fresno ranks number one in in pollution, and then these dumbass fans broke into a yes chant because they hate Daniel Bryan that much. They want to cheer the fact that they're the number one in pollution. Yes, they, they harm the earth actively. And then he yelled shame a million times. Yes. Is that yes. going to be the new yes? I would have I would have enjoyed it if he if he uh, walked out into the crowd, started slapping fans, and started yelling ignorance. Like last <laughs> week, he started slapping <laughs> Ali. So I'm a, bro, I almost I almost called him Mufasa. That's why I just called him Ali. I caught myself. Y'all ain't gonna be laughing at me no more. Fuck y'all. Uh, yeah, fuck the fans and uh, to quote some of our uh, some of our uh, colleagues. Anyway, so um. Yeah, so net, so he said that um, the people of Fresno should never try to self-educate because they will fail. In fact, they've already failed. Luckily for the people, they have someone to show them the way and to teach them. The WWE champion, the new Daniel Bryan. Like, when I hear the new Daniel Bryan, I always want to say the new, improved Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, then, so everybody comes out, AJ Styles and Mustafa Ali, Versus Daniel Bryan and Andrade seeing all Miss uh, Zelina Vega ringside, no interference. Shocking. So uh, Brian T starting the match with Styles before quickly tagging out. Almas hits a back elbow to gain advantage. Uh, the heels end up isolating Ali in their corner. Brian rocked him with kicks. Brian missed a charge in the corner, and then Ali nailed him with a boot to the face. Um, Ali sent Brian to the floor and then went for a dive. And then, um, Amis and Vega, Vega, uh, both blocked them with their, uh, tranquilo pose on the ropes. So Styles then nails Amis with a drop kick, sent him to the floor cause he's a fucking goof. And then, uh, Styles then launched AJ over the top rope, um, onto the heels. So we come back from commercial break and, uh, Styles and they're starting the heels were back in control and isolated Ali on their side of the ring again. Uh, the Hills worked over Ollie's leg. He tried fighting back with Brian Rottenham with a clothesline. He locked on the dragon. He, he actually slaps on um, a surfboard and then converts it into a dragon sleeper. It was awesome. I miss when he did that. Uh, I remember him doing that to CM Punk at, uh, was that Over the Limit 2011? 2012. You're right. That's right. Sorry, I got you wrong. Anyway, it's always awesome when he does it. So. About to hang um, 10 with that boy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so, yep, exactly. That's exactly what Booker T called it. So, um, Ali isn't making it to the ropes out of, out of the Dragon Sleeper deal. Um, almost attempted to, attempted a moonsault, but Ali rolled out the way, and then almost ended up landing on his feet and went for a standing moonsault, but then Ali got the knees up. Uh, Styles ends up getting the hot tag and it ran wild on Brian. Uh, Styles locked on the calf crusher, but almost broke it up. Almost then went for the Hamlet DDT on Styles, but Styles, uh, Back dropped him off to the floor. Ali hit a hurricanrana on Almas. Um, and uh, but Almas uh, you know, slipped on the steps before he jumped off and like barely got it, so he had to give him a body hurricanrana. <laughs> uh, so then um Styles hits the hits the uh hits a, a moonsault to reverse DDT on Brian, 
And then um, Ali got the tag and went for the um, the five. I'm sorry, the 054 on Brian. Uh, but Almas stopped him from um, tried to stop him, but uh, Styles ended up hitting him with the phenomenal forearm. And then Ali hits the 054 on Brian, and it as he's doing it, he ends up coming down. And his knee smashes Brian in the jaw, and then he pins him for the victory. One, two, three. I, I'm concerned, honestly. Um, so. Um, the baby faces win and we end up getting the black. I like the match. I like the idea of it. We're probably going to be headed towards Brian and Mustafa Ali at the Royal Rumble, which is awesome. Um, maybe yep. this will like, just like how the, the tag match, it was set up to kind of crisscross the fuse the other way. Now maybe Styles and I'll, and, uh, Almas get back into it. Um, one can only hope. Uh, yeah. Like, you know. Get get this young talent over, right? Um, and I'm I'm sure he'll give the win back at the Royal Rumble. But um, I think this is perfect. If you're gonna beat a champion, you do it in like a tag team match. I'd love to see like more tag team matches with like top stars, like in place of main events, like you know singles matches where you have to like beat someone because like it's just a different type of thing. Anything can happen in a tag match. So. Um, yeah, no problem with with Ali going over here. Kind of redeems him from last week, where I, you know I was kind of perturbed at how they presented him, uh, where they put him in the little box and all that, and didn't really let him show what he could do. Um, got to do his finish. He got to pin the champion. This is this is a, a really good start for him. I agree. Um, I'm, I am concerned about Daniel Bryan's jaw and concussion concerns. Cause like, dude, he hit him so hard. Like I saw I the slow motion. I didn't, realize yeah. how hard he, I didn't realize what happened until I saw the replay because he comes down, he hits him. You see Brian make a reaction on the, on the, on the, on the bottom of the pin. And then you see the rev, like go to check on Brian and you hear him yell, I'm fine. And then he pins him. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you see, I'm like, okay, so what happened here? Clearly something didn't go go the right way. And then you see the replay, like, oh my god, this this dude just did this gigantic spin coming down off the top turnbuckle, and his knee just crushes Brian oh, in the jaw. He's fine. He's fine. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's fine. Um, okay. So yeah. right now, uh, if you guys heard this, they're taping the SmackDown spoilers for next week. I will not spoil what's happening, but Dan Bryan comes back out with the mic to cut a promo later the night. So you know that Denzel, uh, you know that Denzel meme where he's like just. Woo! Yeah, like, you know, just like yeah, because I was concerned. Like it, like that was even worse than like the mishap with uh, Sheldon Benjamin like a few months ago, right? A couple months ago, right? Yeah. yeah, he. I believe he's fine. So like, we'll keep an eye on the situation. Okay, so um, show ratings. Which was the better show this week? I mean, what what is normally the better show? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm just, you know, just want to get to it before we move on to, you know, yeah. um, the main event, if yeah. you will. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I think it's SmackDown easily. You have a better main event. Um, you have uh, more, like, promo segments in the end or in the beginning. Uh, I don't think Raw had a match that was even, like, really hitting on anything. It did Balor and Ziggler, but that uh, got broke up. I like Balor and Ziggler, but, like, that was just another really good, that was another really well-worked professional um, TV match. Yeah, Ambrose and Breeze wasn't, you know, much aside from Breeze's comeback um, during the match. The Fatal 4-Way, yeah, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, and then they did like the gauntlet matches, and those were all short. And Italian Sasha Banks, that part I really enjoyed, um, but nothing on like the you know what SmackDown did as far as like with their tag match um, that got interrupted. And then Oscar Naomi was pretty good for a TV match, yep. and that main event like that pretty much established a new challenger and a new guy in the universe. And shouts out to Mustafa Ali for being officially announced as a member of SmackDown Live, so he's free. From the shackles of 205 Live, it just makes me think that 205 Live is going to be dissolved going into 2019, the way all this stuff is going. You can see the guys kind of being, you know, moved one by one into little things uh, elsewhere. So, uh, would be it. hopefully those dudes, uh, they find, you know, other spots, like, because they could use Cedric Alexander on Raw. They could use Buddy Murphy on Raw. They could use, like, Jack Gallagher to come back and, and do some stuff. So, uh, look. Gallagher could be on Raw, or he could be on NXT, or he could be on NXT UK. Yeah. So, um, they, 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 they've held them dudes up long enough. Let them go. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that's going to wrap up uh, this portion of the show. We will be back with the LeBron James U-Bum of the Week and the Wrestler of the Week. A name caller. What'd I say? Call Let me hear you say it. Call him a bum. <laughs> It's not a name call. It's a... Uh, right. You bum. Welcome back to the most anticipated segment in wrestling podcast radio. Of course, the LeBron James You Bum of the Week. So we have five nominees. One of them is a tandem. Um, so we got Baron Corbin, who lost his job, took an ass whooping, got punched out backstage. Um... Yeah, really bad week for that guy. <laughs> um, Samoa's Joe, who tried to stage an intervention, intervention, and all he got was an ass whooping in return, um, and also out talked um, the the duo of Dolph Ziggler and Finn Balor, who both were on the receiving end of Drew McIntyre ass whoopings. Uh, Ronda Rousey, terrible promo, just god awful. Throw it in the bin, and Sasha Banks, who could not defeat a woman uh, who had wrestled two matches previously and she lost by submission to her. This one feels very easy for me. (laughs) Uh, So I'll throw it to you, James. Oh, I mean, it is at this point becoming the, uh, the Baron Corbin, LeBron James, of the the week. Uh, So yeah, of course it's him. Oh yeah. Like he got set up for this last week and he came through. And uh, got his ass whooped on Sunday, and in um, in hilarious fashion, he came out on Monday and got his ass whooped again in hilarious fashion. And then, and then he he runs up on Seth Rollins backstage, and even old timid ass feels sorry for himself at the time. Uh, uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins, even he even he had enough stones to punch that dude out. Crazy. So yeah. So, Baron Corbin, you are the LeBron James, you bum of the week. Just a, a familiar sight for uh, Mr. Corbin. Um, I will let you know in just a moment um, <laughs> how many. Yeah, I think it might be four. This guy is like the the, the Red Arbat, the Michael Jordan of the uh, LeBron James, <laughs> you bum of the week. Like This guy is just setting new stand, standards for, for ineptitude and mediocrity. Um, so, 
with this bum of the week, let's take it back to the beginning. So the very first show, he was the fr- the inaugural bum was Baron Corbin. Oh. So that's one. We got so two. That's almost, so, so how many years between uh, finals MVPs was it for Kareem? Oh, man, it was like 16. Well, he's past that. This is 17 weeks apart. Correct. And, you know, impressive. Yep. So we got Baron Corbin, one, two, three. And this is his fourth. Incredible. Four rings, just like Shaq. Um. Add it to the the trophy case. Yep. So, Baron Corbin, you are LeBron James, you bum of the week. Now, on to our wrestler of the week. So, um, five nominees. Got Mustafa Ali, who pinned the WWE champion uh, in a tag team match and Presumably, maybe he's getting a title shot. Who knows? Uh, we got Asuka, who was victorious in her first title defense against her tag team partner, Naomi. Talked a bunch of shit. Stunned. <clears throat> we got Jeff Hardy, who uh, staved off uh, someone trying to do an intervention on him. He flat out lied, but no one noticed. And <laughs> and then uh, he whooped the dude's ass. So uh, And I talked to him. So... After that, we had Natalia who won the gauntlet. Wait, wait, how did he lie? Well, he said that, you know, uh, the whole deal where he said that was then and this is now. And I'm like, that was eight months ago, Chief. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, but I will this say, This man was look, talking about line, it like that, it was a that, decade that, ago. That line, that line on Joe, like that was, you know. Fa. That, that was big time. That was big time. Then we got Natalia, yeah. who who um, became the number one contender for the women's championship, defeating uh, in successive fashion uh, Ember Moon, Ruby Riot, and then Sasha Banks. Uh, I had floated the theory like, what if this is like Natalia's last hurrah? Like she she might be like ready to hang it up, and they're doing all these like matches or whatever. Like yeah, we really ain't got time to do all these, but she wants to wrestle all these people and then. Do the program with Ronda, and that's it. So you never know. She's been around for a long time, quietly. Um, and then our last nominee, Daniel Bryan, in the process of getting another guy over, still cutting good promos, and being the heel that it was just like people ain't cheering him. Like, yeah, uh, like like imagine that, like a not cool heel that's getting real heel heat. People are really into it, and he's having great matches. You know, like. You look at you look at what's happening on SmackDown with him, and you look at what like Ambrose is doing with <laughs> on Raw, and it's like. Well, I was told clearly, clearly order, different levels to this. Clearly was, different levels. I, I was told in order to be a heel, you have to be unexciting in matches, and you know, and mail it in. Like, <laughs> yeah. so wrestler of the I, week. I was being told that as AJ Styles was having like the be- one of the best title runs in like recent memory too, like in 2016. I was hearing the same thing. It's it's, it's amazing how that works. Like you don't have to have boring. You don't have to be boring as a wrestler and like in uh, to get other people over as um, on the other side of, as baby that are baby faces and also get yourself over as someone to be disliked. It's amazing. It really yeah. is. Um, so my wrestle of the week is going to be Mustafa Ali, uh, clearly the biggest, uh, win of his career. Uh, it looks like he's shooting straight into a program with the champion. He's free of the shackles of 205 live. He presumably got a pay increase from this. Um, yeah, Mustafa Ali, wrestle of the week for me. 
I am going to go with Oscar. Um, given the week that she, given the the match at the pay per view she had, um, and given that it feels like they're going to give her some some space to actually, you know, like try to not be up against the Ronda. I'm sorry, the Charlotte Ronda and Becky thing for now. Like they're actually going to give her space to to of her own. So this is, you know, this is something that I could not even imagine like three weeks ago. Yet here we are. So, and I, I'm very happy about it. Uh, cause I, cause I miss ass kicking Oscar. I, and I miss good. I miss Oscar having good matches on TV or in NXT. Like I'm, I'm glad to have this back in my life. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just so happy. Oh man. All right, so we'll, we'll go on a tie on that one. Um, Mustafa Ali and Asuka. I think this is the first time we've ever had wrestlers uh, be a tie for Wrestler of the Week. We've had ties as bums before, um, but not Wrestler of the Week. So I think both of them had like kind of exceptional weeks, so <laughs> I think it yeah. kind of warrants it. So uh, anyway. Uh, but they both had the best weeks of their careers in the company. <laughs> yeah. Both of them. Yeah, like Oscar, Oscar became, you know, like Oscar got cemented. Like as far as um, you know, some of the even the mistakes she's like they've done with her. Like she got cemented for like the fact that how great she was, how the crowd never like gave up on her, regardless of how badly they did her. And then like, and then the other you have like Masafa Ali, like that man. Look, they threw that man a life a, a life uh, preserve, and that man grabbed on, and he's yes. out of there. Yes, that man climbed about the muck essentially um but yeah that's gonna wrap up the show thank you guys for uh listening to us as always as i mentioned previously we will not be doing a tv review next week but never fear you still will have one nation radio uh we'll be dropping part two we'll have to find time to record it sometime this week um next tuesday for you guys on christmas uh to check out the second half of the year in wwe pay-per-view we actually got a TLC show, so we'll give you uh, that we can talk about on that. So we'll give you more on that. Um, make sure you check out all the other shows on LOP Radio. Tuesday mornings, The Global Revolution. Late Tuesday nights, One Nation Radio here with me and James. For your TV reviews, Wednesday, Sports Entertainment is Dead with Samuel Plan. Thursday, The Perfect Ten Wrestling Show with our boy The Implications. Make sure you guys check out uh, The Imp implications uh column the story of hiroshi tanahashi part one it takes him from essentially the beginning of his career till about 2008 if i'm not mistaken incredible like sit down as he said uh get something to drink and read it because it's it's a it's a big one i told him this is a book bro like you you need to you need to write that and then um, the right side of the pond, Friday and Saturday, the WWF Legacy Series. And then Sunday, the LOP Radio Aftershock uh, with Stephen Bell and Samuel Plan. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up. You can hear more of me and James over on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, of course, where we did a TLC um, uh, review. We have the Fuck Out of Here draft coming up this weekend, which you do not want to miss. Um, you have to explain to them what that is exactly. Correct. So all the fuckery that happened within WWE uh, in the past year, we essentially grab like 9 to like 10 or 12 things, and then we draft them in the order of, you know, essentially we do it like a, like a sporting draft, like, and we draft it by 
what made us say get the fuck out of here the most um and then from there it is a it is like our traditional holiday episode some beverages are had in the process and that kind of just makes the whole thing a little bit more fun so saturday um that will be being recorded so look out for that over on the soul suplex podcast network james you got anything to add uh before we roll up out of here yeah um i you know i think raw um as far as its layout and um, the, the the booking as far as the matches and the storylines for the most part it's it feels a lot um more or less the same but it does the shows are easier to get through with with um with a lot less heat compared to what we were getting especially um towards the end of this Corbin run. So, um, just, you know, I'm just hopeful that, you know, that continues where there's less heat on the shows and we can, you know, we just not beaten to death with it over and over and over. Yeah. And also, uh, I'm going to miss Paige. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we find out what exactly Paige's role is, or if this is some type of snow job from, um, Shane McMahon. So, um, <laughs> commentary, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, if they were to uh, kick Byron Saxon off or David Otunga off and insert Paige there, um, I would definitely go for that. So, deuces. Anyway, Holla. that's gonna wrap it up. We are up out of here. Enjoy your week, and we'll catch y'all with another one of these shows. Shit, we'll figure that out. <laughs> this is Rich. We up out of here, man. Peace. Sorry, Chad. <laughs>